0: I always think it's so funny when you see these commercials with retired people and they're always you know, out frolicking on a beach somewhere, often in slow motion. They're enjoying world cruises. Of course, that's something that we all wanna do when we retire. Or they're busy playing in the metaverse, having fun with their friends. Okay, well, that's not the most common thing. But regardless of how these are portrayed in these commercials, a lot of people in reality don't enjoy that type of luxury in life and they actually stress about having enough income to last them for their entire retirement period. Now, there is a recent report that came out. It's put out by Natixis Investment Managers, the 2022 Global Retirement Index, and it highlights some of the challenges that retirees face today. Few of the top ones, obviously inflation. I mean, we're all seeing this right now. It's putting the squeeze on fixed income investors in particular. Inflation has risen recently. Here at home in Canada, the inflation projection has risen from 3.3%, less than a year ago, to 6% as of this past June. We think about things like healthcare, where costs are continuing to rise. There really is no end in sight with the aging demographics that we're seeing. And then the big one to me, I think, is life expectancy. And people are living longer now. And typically, not only are they living longer, people are wanting to work fewer years to accumulate the wealth that they're gonna to need to retire. And I think of this fire movement where people are wanting to retire at 30 or 35 or even 40. I think a lot of that discounts how many years you're gonna to have to live in retirement, the effects of inflation and healthcare, all those types of things. In Canada, the percentage of individuals aged 65 and over per 100 people of working age is expected to go from 29.8 in 2020 all the way up to 45% by 2050. There are of course a lot of other challenges as well that we face as retirees, but these are some of the more uh, poignant ones. These are the things that right now in today's environment uh, we're facing and we see that coming for many years ahead. Now, if you're not sure how much money you're going to need in retirement or if you'll have enough money, uh, check out this video right here. It goes into a lot of detail as to how you can calculate whether you're gonna have enough money to retire. Now I accept and I urge every one of you watching this video that we have a responsibility as individuals to put money away during our working years to help fund our retirement. And I know a lot of people kind of think that the government's gonna take care of you, but the reality is that uh, that's gonna leave you with insufficient income when it does come time for you to retire. Here in Canada, one of the most common, most popular tools that we use to plan for our retirement is the RRSP or the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. and. If you're like me, I mean, systematically for decades now, I have socked away money in that RRSP, deferring income, hoping that one day I'll have enough money Um, that will provide for me in income. You notice I say deferring taxes rather than savings because in some cases, the deferral is the benefit, not actually the tax savings, but the reality is in most cases, you'll end up actually saving money by doing the RSP, pulling the income out at a a later point, often at a lower tax rate. Now, there are other options as well. You can take your money and put it into an annuity. You can buy an annuity. Uh, You can just take your money out and cash it out and take the money into income. But the reality is for most people, the correct decision is to take the assets you have in your RSP and convert that into a RIF. Now the RIF, or the Registered Retirement Income Fund, as that income part infers, the program was set up to provide you, to facilitate a retiree having income throughout their retirement years. And that's the good part. But there is a bad part as well. Uh, The other side of the coin, I guess you would say, regardless of whether you actually need that income to fund your day-to-day expenses, you're forced to take the money out. Once you reach 71, you convert it, and technically starting at age 72, you need to take money out here. Now, I wanna be clear that for many Canadians, uh, building up the RSP is the best, is one of, it's probably the best solution uh, for preparing for saving for your retirement years. Um, I have one, pretty much everyone I know has one, and so, um, I just think the the benefits of having those funds tucked away in a tax-deferred growth program is probably the best thing. But like everything, there are two sides to the story. Let's look back at the issue of having to withdraw money from your RIF. Uh, Once you've set up the RIF, the government says there's a minimum amount every year that you need to withdraw. Uh, It's based on your age, and it's based on the value of your account Um, at the end of the previous year. For an example, if we look at age 71, the minimum withdrawal according to the schedule CRA puts out is 5.28% of the RIF balance as of December 31st of the previous year. That percentage then increases every year as you go through up until age 95, it then plateaus at 20% for the rest of your life. Here's where things get a little bit tricky. When you look at that 5.28% withdrawal rate mandatory at age 71, Most traditional portfolios don't generate that type of interest. Most of them are gonna create an income flow of less than 5.28%. Now, the the total return might be higher, you're gonna have capital growth, you're gonna have investments that grow in value, but actually as far as cash flow comes into the portfolio, if you need to take out that 5.28%, you're gonna be forced to sell something, something from your portfolio to generate that extra income. Now, a couple of examples of where you might not want to sell things, obviously during times like now, if you're retired now, or if you've just recently retired, the markets have gone down significantly, you probably don't wanna sell those um, equity assets at a time like this. Also, when you sell an investment, keep in mind that if you sell a stock, for example, that pays a dividend, Well, once you've sold that stock, that dividend is going to stop. So not only have you got the double negative effect of selling it at a market low, future dividend growth, future cash flow into the portfolio is going to be compromised as well. Just a quick aside here, even when you get to the point where you have to take money out of your RIF, if you're an investor, if you're a retiree who doesn't need that cash flow to fund your retirement, you don't actually ever have to sell an asset. You can actually take that and do what's called an in-kind transfer, and you take the, the stock, favorite, for example, or a portion, so certain shares of your stock, and you can move it from your RIF into a TFSA, for example, or into a non-registered investment of some point. So you're not actually selling, you're just transferring it um, in-kind or intact. The negative potentially there is that once you've taken it out of the RIF, you will be uh, liable for future taxation on it unless it's of course in a tax-free savings account where that future growth will be uh, sheltered as well. I'd like now to just take a little trip down memory lane. And for those of us who are old enough to remember, it seems not long ago when the uh, RIF program actually worked quite well. And back in the days when GICs and term deposits and bonds had much (laughs) higher payouts. In fact, back in the 80s, deposit rates peaked out at over 20% and since then they've been coming down and you can see uh, you know 0% in recent years and we've had an uptick now to the 4% range, but it's not sure how long that's gonna last or when these rates are actually going to peak out. So it's pretty clear a lot of Canadians are gonna be entering this retirement years, start drawing down from their portfolio And there's a risk here of depleting your capital funds. There is a solution to this problem and to illustrate that solution, I'm going to use one of the ETFs from the sponsor of this video, which is Harvest ETFs. They take a different approach from the traditional equity-only income portfolio in retirement. And what they do is they combine the potential for growth uh, with equities in the portfolio, but they also marry that with a higher level of income uh, for you know to provide as I said here for that cash flow in retirement. And to use an example, if, if you look at one of their funds, it's the harvest diversified monthly income ETF. the ticker is HDIF. Currently, this fund is paying a distribution of 10.5%. Now, that's paid out over the course of a year in monthly instalments, and that also helps for those of you who are in retirement and rely on consistent cash flow uh, for your budgeting purposes. The fund is considered to be a medium risk investment, and it's suitable for a lot of retirees, and it's diversified across a lot of different industries. As this chart shows, I mean, they have exposure to technology to help with the growth aspect. They have healthcare, large banks, some of the largest, most trusted brands in the world with their global brands ETF. They have utilities, and then, of course, some of the best companies that we have available to us here uh, in Canada. Now, I noted that this fund pays 10.5% current distribution but their targeted distribution is eight and a half percent. And I wanna focus on that number just for a moment here. Now, Harvest is able to generate higher yields in these portfolios by using two strategies in particular. One is covered calls. The second is modest leverage. Now this video isn't specifically going to go into those strategies, but if you do want to learn more particularly about the covered call strategy, uh, check out this video right here, which I did also covering some Harvest funds and it goes into more detail on how the covered call strategy works and how that can help supplement Income. Now, the 8.5% targeted distribution that I mentioned here, that's relevant to retirees. And if we look back to that mandatory RIF withdrawal schedule, we can see that the required minimum doesn't reach 8.5% until age 85. So hypothetically, a retiree invested in this type of a fund would likely not need to draw down any principal until they reach 85. And in the meantime, the idea would be to leave the, the capital intact to continue to grow. Now, no one realistically is gonna take their entire RIF portfolio and put it into one ETF. But the purpose of the illustration here is it shows you the benefit or the potential of the structure of this fund, which is really designed to provide with a higher level of income now, but also retain capital uh, going down, uh, you know, going into the future as you go later into your retirement years. For all the reasons that I mentioned at the beginning of this video, I talked about inflation presenting a challenge. I talked about healthcare costs rising, presenting a challenge. I talked about living longer, this double-edged sword of, of longevity. Obviously, the better that we can protect ourselves um, in retirement against the erosion of our capital, uh, we're all gonna be better off in the long term. I would like to once again, thank Harvest ETS for sponsoring this video. I will put a link in the description below. I'll also put a description for our investing academy. A lot of Canadians, when they retire, they actually plan on living off their Canada pension plan payments. And that's a really bad idea. This video here will explain why you really don't wanna go down that route. Thank you for watching. Look forward to seeing you in the next video.